Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye, and as always, I'm R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight we're going to talk about mental boundaries, which is a very useful thing to discuss and to be aware of. Yes. But before we get to that... Especially if you don't have any mental boundaries. Mm -hmm. We've met a few of those. Mm -hmm. So today in mine is... It's 12 Muluk. Muluk is the tribe of the universal water, or the moon. Mm -hmm. And it's also the tribe, uh, they're very psychic and intuitive. And they really have a handle on the emotional realm. So today being a tone 12, it's a good day to bond with others and to share ideas. Yeah, you were saying it was John Lithgow's <coughs> Mayan birthday mm -hmm. today. Uh, I dedicate in order to purify universalizing flow is a very interesting concept, actually, all the way around. I seal the process of universal water <coughs> with a crystal tone of cooperation. I am guided by the power of birth, so you may have noticed births in your life today, the beginning, which is not necessarily noticeable, by the way. You just look, it's a birth is, you kind of look and, whoa, there it is, where mm -hmm. did that come from? So, um, very interesting following the Mayan calendar. It really is. And yeah. It was interesting where you said cooperation, even though I've heard that word a million times. There was just that little pause in there made it seem like two people are operating this one thing. So it's a cooperation. Yeah. And that is a skill that we must all master at some point, is to mm. be able to operate something yeah. larger Co in cooperation with someone else instead of us having to run the show. It's, it's a very strong world of bolding, bolded me and me yeah. running it. I always want to uh, put a hyphen in cooperation. Yeah, and it used there's to be also co-creation, which is the idea of how everything <laughs> is actually done because you co-create within yourself, of course. And since everything, including us, is God, then you are constantly anything you do is technically a co-creation. Mm, that's very true. So there's process. So well, well, tonight the, the the mental boundaries and what we mean by that, obviously, it's not to hold your mentalness in and it's not to close anything off, but you really have to be the commander of your own thoughts and your own mind. As a matter of fact, when we're not, that's when we empathetically get pulled into codependent type oh, of a yeah. relationship with someone else, and we don't really know where we end and they begin, which can lead to its own set of dramas and well, traumas and uh, delights, depending. That's why and vampire movies are so popular at this time, because uh, that is the essence of it the people that bleed our life force from us with our cooperation. Of well, course. essentially it is. And, that, yeah. and one of the things I wish to talk about tonight is this idea of the superstitious idea of curses and various things like that. Chain letters is one in particular because <laughs> I saw one recently that went through the spamming thing. Even the delightful ones that say, send this to 10 people and you'll have a blessing today. Mm -hmm. I feel it, what, what a curse is, because that's sort of like a curse, whether it's one of those old evil chain letters that if you don't mail this to so many people, yeah, these dead. terrible things will befall you forever. Mm. Well, a curse is a decision made by someone else that you have now adopted as your own and begin creating it in your life. That's all it is. And all you have to do is say, thank you for the energy um, like that experience I had where it wasn't even a dream because I was in a really deep meditation where I was dying and this teacher walks in 
and I thought he was coming to heal me and he took my hand and I thought, oh great. And then I realized he was killing me, pulling the life force out of my hand. And this voice from deep within me came and said, thank you for healing me. And what I learned from that is anybody can send anything to you. All it is is programmed energy and that energy will respond to a new program. It doesn't care, it's just neutral plain energy. So if somebody sends something at you that looks like it's unhealing, all you have to do is say, thank you for healing me. And I went around for many years after that. Somebody cut me off or did this or that. I'd say, thank you for healing me. And I took the energy intended however they intended it, and I utilized it for something positive for myself, something desirable for myself. I've spent actually most of the adult life uh, removing curses and de-entity-ifying people. And I have done seven full-blown exorcisms in my career, which is very interesting. The idea of uh, removing a curse from someone is simply to introduce one factor there, which is thought creates and where you place your attention grows. After a person believes that they have a curse on them, then they are constantly looking for evidence of this. And if you're looking for evidence of anything, you'll find it. This exactly. is the way because you'll create it. And this becomes really rather uh, tedious, whatever word you want to put in there, but it's certainly Monotonous. Uh, well stimulating, let's say. The other grand principle in this factor, as you alluded to in that dream you had, is that as soon as you send love towards whatever it is that you think is maligning you, and oh, thank you for your service, thank you for doing that, then it evaporates rather completely. The idea being that um, I told this story so many times I was shot to death. A couple of years after I was shot to death, I realized that I absolutely loved the person that shot me to death because they took on the sludge that is uh, uh, killing someone. That's definitely a, a slime, enslimement occurs in killing someone. And uh, because they made that sacrifice and totally on my behalf, I loved them for doing that. And then once I loved them for doing it, I first realized I could not forgive them because there was nothing to forgive because it was my idea that it happened in my life, therefore it's my idea. But in the shooting, I actually saw the contract signed. So once I recognized that I loved the person, the 50 lifetimes that being and I had shared where I killed him, he killed me, I killed him, he killed me. I, this back and forth, how's that for a curse? This back and forth thing over 50 lifetimes evaporated totally because I love that person for having agreed to do such a dark deed on my behalf. So the therapy with the curse <clears throat> is that if you will think of the darkest thing that was ever done to you and love the person that did it to you <clears throat> because they, they created for you a much better life than you would have had otherwise, then you can actually leave incarnation once you get to the point where you can love everyone for everything all the time, even if you have to have it tattooed like memento. Well, it's all, it's all it. in the interpretation, and I think yeah. that's wonderful to send mm -hmm. love. But sometimes it's not even important to love that other person or to not love that other person, but to simply take that energy and define it by thanking it. And it's, it's really as simple as that. And I, I'm not 
um, this is not contrary to what you were saying, it's just a, a different facet of it. I think it's so important to love whatever, because everything really is moving us toward love. There's nothing that's yeah. really an enemy out there to take us down. Um, Correct. I was uh, in an interesting discussion on Facebook. Somebody had posted something about uh, being concerned about <clears throat> having a negative quote-unquote thought and then worrying about this law of attraction thing, it's going to attract it uh. to them. And I, I, I had written an article a while back um, that I, I was kind of thinking of the law of distraction. And of course, we've been teaching the law of attraction, like attracts like, for many, many years before yeah, it was put into those universe. simple words. Yeah. So that, that is how things operate. But there is a consciousness that sits behind it. It's not a blind thing. Just because you think of the glass falling to the floor, it's not all that's in the picture. If it's not in this higher plane of decisions and higher consciousness, it's not going to happen. Frankly, if every negative, quote unquote, thing we've thought in our lives actually came to being, the, the, the earth wouldn't be here right now. The fact is, our mind is a playing field for us to experiment and explore and create things before we actually do them in the physical. And sometimes we make the decision to actually carry it out, and sometimes we don't. And it is good to focus what you would like to have, but there is a consciousness underneath all these mechanical laws of physics and metaphysics that is carrying us toward love. And you can do everything in your power to scramble into something that is looks unloving or looks bad or looks evil. You're going to be pull it, pulled over to love no matter what you do. So you don't really have to worry about that in essence. But um, that transmutation, just before we get too, too far afield from that, where we were talking about transmuting that energy. An example of that, what, years ago when I waited tables, there, there were these people that came in. I gave them very good service, and they left a really poor tip. And for those of you that don't know, wait persons uh, usually get way below minimum wage because they're supposed to make tips and often have to pay taxes on a certain percentage of their guest checks. So when they don't get tipped, um, just so you know, it's not like just a little extra thing that is their, their pay. And the, the people were very rude about it, and I overheard one guy pick up the tip and say, it's just a waitress and threw down a few dimes. So I thought I could engage and, and resist this and get into a fight, or I could transmute it. It was after this realization that I had power to do that. So I took the money, and instead of chasing them down, I donated it into the handicapped children's fund that was by the register. And then I said, ha, 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 ha. I made them do something nice. And it felt good. So you don't have to take this, what comes to you, and let it run a program like a virus on your computer. You can do whatever you wish with an action that another person did. Absolutely. Um, there's a native intelligence in all things, which was back uh, there somewhere, but I, I don't quite recall. Um, well, there is a negative there, there intelligence is a consciousness in all, that, yeah, that is a unifying is. consciousness mm -hmm. that really is the oneness consciousness that is taking us all back to an awareness. So there's nothing to be afraid of, particularly inside your own head. If you say your negative thoughts are going to create negative things in your life, well then guess what? If you say positive thoughts are going to create positive things in your life, well then guess what? You are the commander even farther above that. And the more you realize that, the closer you get to the part of your consciousness 
that is aware of the bigger picture, because there's always a bigger picture. Yeah, there is divinity, mm -hmm. just absolutely everywhere. You have uh, your new deck out, which is just absolutely great. We played a game in which I chose a card that was the lesson that I had learned in this lifetime, all in past tense, which I thought was interesting. And it came up about silent orders that that had, that's the two words I remember from. Uh, and it's very true, I have just not spoken. Rather than speaking ill or speaking, uh, just the less you speak, the less, uh, the less you speak negatively, the less negative stuff there is. It is that simple. There's your mental border. If you must talk about something in negative terms, don't. Because you'll just amplify it. You may as well just speak it into a bullhorn, uh, talking about the, the girl who kicked the hornet's nest. The idea that um, uh, you just don't speak negatively because it, it just sets this harmonic off all the way around you. It is easier just not to speak. If the person must be a dullard, let them be a dullard. Just simply walk away because uh, there's nothing there to engage. They aren't at the point where they're going to, you know, and I've seen myself fall and rise again. You know, I understand the flux that we all live in. But the idea of you, you just walk away from it. Don't engage it. Just don't do anything to it. And it will, it will go away if, um, unless you feed it. If you get in there and feed it, then it just blows up right there. And, and that's the key right there. We don't seem to be able to stop that because we're in the habit of confronting you know, what we consider to be negative. I had an um, English roommate in college, and this was the great age of graffiti. It died and went away. <clears throat> but he couldn't believe that graffiti happened because in England, if you were there graffitiing a wall, a little old lady with a bumper shoot would come up and start pounding on you, telling you there was something, something very dramatically the matter with your character, and you're you're doomed to a life of uh, you know toothless uh, alcoholism. You know, just stop that. But uh, and we have a caller. Okay, great. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, Neville. Hi, Mary. It's hey. David. Hey, David. What can hey, we do how for are you? you? Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. What can we do for you? Can you, Mary, can I please have a reading? Uh, sure, I'll do that after the duck. So keep watching. Post-duck reading is yes. the technical term. I will do PDR. a reading right after duck. Yeah, P PDR. PD. PDR. PDR. So keep watching, David. Thanks for calling, though. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, we appreciate it. Yeah, we so, used to do readings all throughout the show but then realized sometimes that is a disjointed thing yeah, to, keeps to, us from to getting pause. Cohesive but, so we confined it to after the duck. Yeah, but yeah. I would love to after the duck. So yeah. please either call back or somebody here so remind mental, me if I don't. Mental borders are all about uh, self-love. And self-discipline is self-love. So the more you can uh, keep you and the field around you uh, in a state of calm, uh, the better off it's all going to be. You know, when, as the explosion happens, as the car goes out of, uh, appears to go out of control, it doesn't actually. Uh, but as these things happen, the calmer you are, the less damage there is. We've seen this, true or false, yes? Okay, and inversely, the less command we have of ourselves in those situations, the greater the explosion and the subsequent fallout well, are. Well, you had mentioned something earlier about 
dullards being a dullard or whatever. Yes. I, I think that really mental boundaries, what we're talking about, is being able to see what is in any situation, what is ours and what is someone else's, yeah. and not to necessarily go step all over there. Now, we're all learning. It, it's a work in oh, progress sure. and things yeah, we're like all that. Up and down. But essentially, it doesn't even matter enough to even label what's going on with the other person or to say e even ultimately, oh, we've had this, this rhyme scheme in a past life and now we're mm -hmm. carrying it out. The idea is living in the moment. And I, I used to say this all the time on the show, probably al almost every week, haven't said it in a while. And it was in a meditation I had about 15 years ago or so, I, I saw that essentially there's one little rule that we have or, or a model to live by. And that is if it makes you feel larger, you walk toward it. If it makes you feel smaller, you walk away from it. And you don't question it because it's different for everyone. And if you can live that way, you are never codependently involved with anyone else. It's when we think what makes me larger makes you larger and what makes me smaller makes you smaller. That's when we run into friction with each other. That's the cause of all the war that's going on with the leaders in the world. They're thinking that everybody has to see things the way they see it. And I gave another example about the coffee cup. If I held up a coffee cup, I could scientifically prove that the handle is on the right side of the cup. And you could scientifically prove that the handle is on the left side of the cup. Whereas if we work together, we would see that this is a 360 degree 3D thing that, that we'd get a bigger picture with. Very few people are going to remember Gracie Allen's treatise on uh, uh, the fact that the company had accidentally delivered two dozen left-handed Yes, I think more than I, I think more people than what you just and said will remember. Yes, okay. Well, it, unless but, uh, you want she that sent to them back, by the way, in case anyone was interested. Yeah, the left-handed thing. <laughs> she took it out of the box and it was on the left. Yeah, another thing that uh, would prove excellent in the idea of establishing mental boundaries around you is simply, is this worthy of my attention? A warrior engages in nothing that is not on their path. Yeah. So when I had. Uh, very early on before the first book, uh, I was walking in a, I realized that fear was fiction. Who knew the hippies were right, but the idea that. False uh, evidence appearing real. Yeah, yeah, who, okay. So um, I realized as I was walking uh, that I was having a fear. And so I just snapped my fingers and shut off the fear. And uh, before the foot fell again on the next step, I had engendered an entirely different fear. And I went, oh, yet another fear. Bang, shut it off. By the next step, I was going, oh, my brain seems to generate a lot of fear. It may be broken. Oh, that's in and of itself a fear. And then, uh, or that's when I figured out to snap fingers somewhere in those steps, was to just shut it off because it's not worthy of your attention. So that leaves us to identify a thought. Is it a fear or not? If it doesn't feel good, it's a fear. This is simple. This is just below math, okay? If it doesn't feel good, it's a fear, okay? And you just shut it off. That's all you have to do. This does not feel good. You don't have to wait for So you, you put a couch on your credit card, you, and you have the fear that you will not be able to pay for it. Well, without any mental borders, you have to go through the entire failure of your, um, you have to do chapter 11, you have to watch large sweaty men come and take your pristine white couch 
and toss it in the back of a grease-stained truck, and the truck has to go over the horizon, okay? Before you can let go of the thought, even though it was fear, just right from the start, just fear, none of it's real. Well, something that you did in years past, which I thought was very beneficial because it illustrates this idea that we can turn this off, is saying the alphabet, A, B, C, D, E, stop. Yeah. Now you know F comes next, and that would be the next thing but you can turn it off and just stop right there. Yeah. People don't realize that they can turn a thought process off. And depression is that way too. And I, I'm not talking about severe depression, although I really am, but uh, I know that <laughs> a lot of people yeah. will say, no, that doesn't, but it is possible to turn the flow of a depression off and say, I just decide to feel differently here. Now, I'm not saying that we're all in that place where we can mechanically do that, um, where we know how to do that, or that we've worked through our issues enough to be able to do that. But theoretically and, and mechanically, we can. We can just cut it off and say, I'm not going to allow that to overtake me. Yeah. And, and give it a, I'm just saying to give it a go, just seeing how it works for you. Next time you're in a bad mood, just say, I'm not going to wait for somebody else to come around and help me get out of this by validating whatever it is I'm upset about or not upset about or whatever. I'm going to become my own commander and do it. It's very powerful, and you will find that things can shift for you. Yeah, one of the um, names or the subjects we were talking about and coming up with tonight's topic was the idea of getting your brain to be on your side, which was... Uh, a very good idea, getting your brain to be on your side. Um, the way it is right now, the brain we have is, um, let me just use the word bipolar, uh, because you live in this world of right mm -hmm. and wrong. And we've said and taught uh, countless times and in the book on the protocols, um, the idea of um, switching to a trinity thought. So there's, uh, and negative and positive, good and bad are an answer, I'm not arguing that is an answer, but to switch them uh, by observing a third point of view, a neutral point, a point that balances the good and bad, a point that makes good and bad into the same thing. This other point is ideal in this process of getting your brain to cooperate because of the oppositional personality disorder that bipolar disorder engenders in your thinking. In other words, someone says, go do this, and you absolutely cannot go do that. Why? Because someone said to go do that. Okay, that's, that's bipolar. That's this entire thing we're talking about. But in the uh, idea of creating the uh, trinity well, thought. Well, real quick before we get to that, yeah. to that call, a way of explaining the, the good and bad thing is mm -hmm. when you see anything isolated, like let's say you see this foot digging in and this foot's moving forward. That's a good right. foot, that's the bad foot. Then that one digs in and this one moves forward. Oh, that's the good foot now, that's the bad foot. Or you can see it as a living picture and see it somebody walking. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's take our call. Yeah, hi caller, what's your name please? Kalisha. Uh, Kalisha, what can we do for you? Um, me and my fiance would just like to know how we can get more light into our relationship. Oh, ah. that's a very good. Um, yeah. that's a very good question. Well, uh, actually, uh, speaking the way you actually feel will help matters, even though we are trained not to believe. And to that, not uh, speak sometimes too. Oh yeah, very important. Yeah. As we say, if you're going to speak negatively, 
uh, so it can be done speaking positively. In other words, actually say what it is, because there's common ground, absolutely. Uh, it's the idea to identify it. What is it you would like to do? Well, I think that's really important to get to know each other. And one of the things about our culture is we, there's not a lot of really getting to know each other. Although I think the internet dating may be changing that. It has its other set of issues with it too. But the idea is getting to know people. I have found over the many, many years I've worked with people, and I work with couples as well, and, and um, help them energetically and emotionally to get closer. And I've noticed that the biggest friction point in marriages or relationships is one person might really feel best at 10% of their uh, free time as, as alone time. And the other person may, may feel that 25% is better for them. Now that 15% difference is every place where there's friction and problems. Whereas, and I came up with this thing that I'm putting in a book, this whole, this short, sweet little quiz that you can take about how much family time and friend time and all that that you like, and then let, comparing them. And when you compare them, you can see, well, the, the, the person that likes 10% alone time for that 15% feels abandoned by the other person. And that person feels controlled and violated during that 15% time, whereas if they just knew, they could have compassion. So that gets down to how to bring more light in your relationship. It's like what Neville's saying and what that was saying is to gain more information and always learn and grow and allow each other to grow. And then um, there was this other point I was making, which is slipping my mind. No, it's okay. It'll be back. Minds are very slippery. I mean, they're wet in there and it's dark and damp and mm -hmm. it's just slippery by its nature. Yeah. 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 Well. So our concept, yeah. So the idea of getting to know, and it's a very good idea, the quiz, oh. Cosmopolitan is big on quizzes for things like well, that. Well, this isn't a Cosmopolitan quiz. No, I, I don't mean saying. to make it really trivial like that. This is actually a psychological yes, thing yes. that, that I've used to help people heal. Mm -hmm. And um, what, it, what it basically is, is to remember to belong to the Miwi tribe. So many people now, since the 90s and the me generation, and I'm not disparaging that at all, but there always has to be a balance to the other side, is we get caught up in how things are affecting me. And that can bring a sense of entitlement. It can bring all this other stuff that then calls up the territorial me and someone else. So there's the aspect of the me and the aspect of the we, and I think that will uplift everything. Mm -hmm. And that's a good question. We're going to do a show on that because there, there's a lot to be said about that. Yeah. So thank you. And it just depends on the background of the person. I was brought up as an only child. I, mm -hmm. my, my earliest socialization outside of my parents was by the time I was like three or four and going, uh, however, I think you were five or six or something before school seriously began. I had no socialization with people. And as a direct result, I'm, I'm unbelievably able to amuse myself. <laughs> You know, well, I, I was in a family of five kids, but yeah. I was the youngest, and there was a separation by a number of years before I was born. So I had that dynamic of a whole bunch of people where you have to cooperate with a group, but then mm -hmm. I did a lot of, um, I had a, a huge amount of alone time because I was the little sister that um, yeah. you, know, you didn't want tagging along with you. So uh, you're right, and it's interesting you said that because I was thinking of doing a show about birth order and how that impacts us. Mm -hmm. I was thinking that very thing today. Oh, interesting, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, we've had a okay. lot of... Um, well, thank you for your call. Yeah. Um, call. Oh, please, we love uh, people to call. You and your fiancé call in um, 
um, whenever you would like. Mm -hmm. we, we absolutely adore it and it, it assists the show. And you guys bringing this up uh, steered the show and so many, many, many couples watching um, got all we'll, that we'll advice do. that they might not have called in about. Because so I, have, I have um, amassed a lot of uh, techniques, advice, and information just from over the years of working with people and my own research. So I, I think a show about that would be very intriguing. Yeah. So another method of uh, getting your brain to cooperate with you uh, would be emotions. Now, let me just expand the parameter there just a bit. Um, absolutely everything, how's that for expanding? Absolutely everything <laughs> is on your absolutely. side. Absolutely. Uh, that every means bit of nothing's it. on your side? Absolutely. <laughs> when you say absolutely? Yeah, I did just yeah. say, yeah, okay. Uh, so if you will view everything as being on your side, you will live on a completely different planet than the one you're currently occupying because actually everything is on your side. It may not look like it, but it will. So then there's the idea of how long does it take for that to percolate through your system to pop up as having been on your side. For some things, that's 10 years. That's 20 years for some things to, to go through this system and pop up as um, something that was uh, uh, created by you to get you to take a step you would not have taken had you been left to your own devices, but since you're only left to your own devices. So I see my point, and if you do, uh, please uh, let us know <laughs> because uh, this is important. So this concept of viewing everything is on your side immediately, okay? Bang, I'm shot, oh, it's on my side. Yeah, well, um, I'm bleeding, yes, but it's on your side, okay. I believe this, now what? Well, you'll be reincarnating. Ah, good to know, thank you. That is on my side. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it, it's just everything is on your side and we're trained that it isn't. There, there are hundreds of thousands of, uh, yes there are, but in many languages on this planet that would indicate that it's not on your side, that it is in fact against you, but it's on your side. It is, it all is. And that's a very good thing. And the other thing about getting your brain to actually function and appear to be on your side is to understand that everything that happened in your life is your idea. And boy, that's something that's not common knowledge at this point. Well, and also 100% of everything in your life is open to interpretation and everything mm -hmm. is. I, I, I just remember so clearly that day when I was pondering the idea of objective and subjective reality and it occurred to me that there is no such thing as an objective reality even our uh, objective we have a subjective view of objective reality and we have a subjective view and when I realized that I remember I was walking past this chair and it was so profound to me at the time that I I sat down like I I didn't fall but I, I kind of fell into the chair and went wow that changes everything and I realized that we walk around in our life with this external yardstick that has been defined by society so we think but it's really defined by us in our interpretation of society and interpretation of the beliefs handed to us as children and so everything we do we, we live the life of the in the editor which is always a few seconds behind instead of the, the in the moment self. And so everything we do, we're running a like fact check, 
fact checkers run back and forth. Is Does this measure up to what I'm supposed to do? I'm, I'm always supposed to call so-and-so and say thank you for the gift the next day. And we're in a constant state of that and we're never really living in the moment. So when you realize your external yardstick is subjective, that's when you can start making profound and miraculous change in your life because since it was created by you, you can recreate it with new beliefs all the time and new suppositions. So everything is up to interpretation. So if someone says, how, oh, what a nice haircut or what nice shoes you have, if you have a history where people teased you about your shoes, you're going to think that there was ulterior motives. So my suggestion is to live this week always assuming the best. Anything anyone says or does to you, automatically or as quickly as you think of it, assume that that was done with loving and supportive intent. And you will be amazed at how your life changes. Instead of assuming this is an attack, how can I defend or, or, or enter into my offense to protect myself? Yes, you would be invulnerable. No one could do anything to harm you because you just wouldn't interpret it that mm -hmm. way. And this is this higher frequency that we've talked about forever on yeah. the show. The idea of the ascended human being, the idea that recognizes their potential to um, become greater than we already are, mm -hmm. to become higher frequency beings. And the um, emotions and, uh, can feel that, uh, perhaps even there in that very moment where we were saying, you can be greater, okay? You can be, uh, what is the word, advanced. You can be uh, different from the way you are. And your emotions will, will well on that, swell and well, no one knows the difference, uh, at that particular moment because your emotions are telling you that that's true. But our, and pardon the but, the society will put that down right away. No, you can't be more than you are. What's the matter with you? You know, so this entire concept. So your emotions can feel that this has potential. Then your spirit can generate um, a greater capacity than it had. You, you can grasp onto the idea of being more advanced. Your emotions can feel that that's possible. And then the spirit can create a, uh, uh, an attraction create a magnet, create a aerial, create a scalar wave, create um, mm -hmm. that yeah. ability to catch it. And then you can begin to do away with this um, uh, d d d negative artifact gallery that is your mind, you know, dissolving each of them in this pool of love, dunk, dunk. Uh, and then the, once you've cleared it that much, then you can bring it to another level where you will just naturally receive a higher frequency of knowing about everything. And this is a brief summation of the way in which this works. But it is possible to dissolve these things. Oh, sure. And I think it's... And instantly. I think it is so critical, particularly because there are so many authorities now. Yeah. Uh, on everything and so we walk around waiting for someone to formulate certain things because they're an authority like for instance a, a doctor's diagnosis is very similar it, to a curse I'm not yeah. saying maybe there's the same intent maybe sometimes there is 
because um, I just read an article that there was a whole chain of hospitals in Florida that were doing heart procedures on patients that had no heart problems just to earn the money. So uh, I don't know. That's a whole other issue. But the idea is when they did a study and the people that the doctors say you have X amount of months or years to live most likely, and I understand that sometimes people want to know what the scope of, uh, uh, there's no judgment on it, but the fact is that people would die sometimes to the very day. Doctor says five years, it can be five years to the anniversary day of where they got that. And what it is, is like a computer virus that gets in, this malware that gets in your head, and then you start creating from it. Like for instance, there is a sheath over our DNA that as it erodes down, it sends in certain commands to start the aging process. The thing is, is we, and I wrote this in automatic writing 15 years ago or however long ago, and now science is saying this, that we do create our DNA. If we didn't create our DNA, how is evolution possible, okay? So our experiences and our thoughts create our DNA. If we didn't walk around saying, oh yeah, I guess we, it is harder to lose weight and harder to stand up and harder to do this as we get older, maybe it wouldn't happen at all. And since we have command of our DNA, enough to evolve, some species of fish evolved after two or three, I think two generations that lived in a dark cave. Their yeah. eyes evolved away. They didn't even have eyes anymore because they weren't necessary. That we could consciously talk to our DNA. I was taken in a meditation one time and shown how you can go into the closet where the wiring is, but it's not just open to anybody. Otherwise, we would be mutating all the time. So you have to get to a level of consciousness. But if we told our body every day that it's young, you'll stay young. I know a guy whose father never told him how old he was throughout his whole life. And one day he saw some paperwork and found out his father was in his 90s. He goes, oh my gosh. And his father never celebrated his birthday. Well, maybe he celebrated, but he just didn't like say, oh, I'm a year older or whatever. And the guy is, is like a young man. You just never guess he was of that age. And so, so much of this has to do with our mental boundaries. What are you letting in? Watching a commercial that says it's cold and flu season, we've talked about that a million times. Ta uh, it's time for a flu shot or this disease happens and uh, all those pharmaceutical commercials. We don't have to let these program us. Truly, and we can put in far superior programs. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I'm personally going through that entire thing. I've just begun the Tibetan rites, and not just begun, but the Tibetan rites, and I've, yeah. I'm stronger and younger and have more stamina than in a long time. Oh, your hair's turning dark again. Yeah, I've been vegetarian forever at this point. And um, so it, it is possible to assume command of your reality because um, you were talking about so many authority figures. Okay, there's, and we've done this, so apparently let's do it again. You're there's one and only one authority figure on this planet. Who is it? That's right. It's Rick, so you better, better ask him before you do anything. <laughs> yeah, no, you are the only authority figure yes. there is. And in, until you get to that point where you know that you're the authority figure, everybody can run you. And it's uh, just not gainly. And run you into the ground. And that is what will happen because people have absolutely no compassion, some people, no compassion about other people. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, really, this is uh, this comes down to yet another thing we've taught so very often: the ego. Uh, I love the ego. Uh, as Eckhart Tolle says, anything that is so rigid from its ego uh, will have to collapse. Uh, he names the Russias. He names the Catholic Church. He names any number of things that are extremely rigid that therefore must shatter because... Well, those are beliefs rather yeah. than an ego, yeah. Well, I was saying they're related, so the mm -hmm. ego is uh, in each of us individually rather recalcitrant at this point. So and if the beliefs are flexible, so is the ego. Um, but go ahead. I lost track, so... Well, talking about uh, the ego and being rigid is what you're talking about. Um, and that whatever is rigid yeah, does collapse, and that's to true. put them back together again because they're the same thing. And I, um, here, go ahead. Okay. I just don't remember. That's okay. That's all right. Um, well, I think one of the things too that we're talking about is having uh, mental boundaries and being the commander oh, and the ego authority. Oh, ego and guilt are the same thing. Yeah, ego and guilt are the same thing because they both keep you stupid. Yeah. Okay, and that's the direct word for it. If you are acting egocentrically, you are also acting stupidly. If you are acting guilty, you're acting stupidly. Well, uh, and if you are angry, and scientists have now proved this, and we love scientists for this, if you are angry, your IQ goes down. It's fact. And I forget the name. It's got uh, at least uh, six syllables in it. Uh, of the particular chemical that your brain produces when, when you're angry. And you could take that chemical and inject it into someone, and they would become stupid right before your very eyes, rather than having to watch it on television. And, it, and you could get little darts. You that know, explains with this the WWF right there. Yeah, uh, that's in Idiocracy, the movie, which I highly recommend. You could get little darts and fill it with this particular thing and just dunk. You know, people. Stupid darts? Yes, yeah, stupid darts. I think there it's already happening. Uh, <coughs> CIA I think it's probably has contained this. contained in um, the chemicals that, is, that are in our food. Again, the people that are um, genetically engineering our food. And I do believe this is true that uh, the, the food is designed to keep you from being all that bright. Well, something funny one time, somebody was talking about conspiracy theories. And my son said something. I think it was my son or somebody. Because it's a said, theory. Said you can't even get three people together to decide where to have dinner. Do you think you could get that many people to have a conspiracy of that magnitude? You can't even get government workers to keep their mouth shut when it's when it's uh, national security. You heard it here. Flying saucers are real. The universe is safe. Yeah. No matter and what it looks like. And we're not alone in the universe. We're really not. Yeah, it's Neville is an alien, in case you didn't notice. Everyone's an alien. Well, not everyone, but a good many people. And that's the galactic history lesson. I get to take people into, to go see the planet you were originated on, see who you still are on that planet. That's a fun one, by the way. Yeah. It's quacker time. time for the duck. Here comes Stand the on the duck. duct tape. It's time for ducks. Right. All right, Elliot, our duck person, who's also on camera three this evening. All right, inspiration. Okay. Oh, good, the spirit came in. Does that lead to perspiration? And I think sometimes purpose. it does. Purpose. 
purpose. Well, called. that is our purpose, is to be inspired. Yeah. And we're not inspired when we're afraid. No, or yeah. angry. That's true. You know, and that's the first thing that goes fear with is the anger. stupid dart. Anger is fear, I mean. First thing that goes with the stupid dart yeah. is inspiration. I agree yeah. with that. Yeah. Oh, by the way, the one that you had drawn was, I understand and communicate my boundaries wordlessly. Because that's really what we're attempting to do. Yeah. By being in integrity with who you are and what you wish, you don't have to fight. If you're having to fight, go back in and um, do it wordlessly. I'm going to do David's reading real quick. Ah. So David, if you're still listening, and then we will yeah. take the call right away after that, if we mm -hmm. have one. This is saying not to stress. The world makes us feel that the only way we could be motivated and move forward is to be stressed out. So we think we have to have caffeine and stress in order to be inspired, but that's far from it. And this is talking about a relationship in a marriage. So it seems like there is a uh, certain romantic partner that's coming into your life that you'll be very good friends with. And it's saying trust the timing on this. It may not be happening in the timing that you're thinking, but just relax because it's all unfolding in perfect order. And I'll pull a card about your life lesson, what you came here to learn. Is that, is that what you had asked? The question? Me? That was the question I asked. What? I know. What came here to learn? Or what you have learned? Uh, I don't particularly what remember, you came, but it was all in past tense. Yeah. What happened in this lifetime? Okay, well, this is, this is what did you come here to learn. And these are the chakra affirmation cards. And it's, I am safe and always taken care of. There you and go. And so uh, I think that goes along with the idea of the stress and everything. It's like if we believe that I'm safe and I'm always taken care of, well, yeah. then that's great. That's okay. a beautiful well, thank you, deck. Why, thank you. That's very yeah. kind of you to say. It is. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. All right. So we have I a couple am, calls. I um, am working on an, the next deck, which is my little message scrolls for all of you that know my message scrolls. Um, mm -hmm. That They're going to be turned into a, a deck, so you can pull one of those. They're like fortune yeah. cookies. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, this is Merced. Hi. Merced, what can we do? I'm calling for a reading. Oh, ah. be happy to. All right. Merced has a real delay. <laughs> Merced, your, your TV or computer is too close to the... Uh, oh, yeah, that might be. Yeah. Okay, the first card, this is uh, about projecting. What we were saying earlier, everything really is up to our interpretation. And if you just assume the best, people, it renders people impotent to continue on with their stuff. I had a boss who was just brilliant. His name is Chris. So if... If you know um, me and I've worked for you and your name is Chris, I won't say your last name, you know I'm talking about you. I still say you're a brilliant man by the way you handled people because, or, or handled being a manager of people because people would come to complain and he would just take, like, like so-and-so stayed two hour, uh, 20 minutes late for lunch and I had to, and he'd interrupt and say, well, good for her that she got her work, her, she got her errands run. Well, thank you. And then he would turn around. You couldn't say anything negative to him because his filter interpreted it as pot, this wonderful, and you know how I'm, what I mean when I say negative and positive, and it was just very powerful. So that's what that card reminded me of. Start interpreting things differently, and the power then comes back to you. You don't have to struggle against it. If you're fighting against it, that, that means it's empowering it. So rise above and just don't accept delivery of anything that doesn't feel good to you. And then we got this beautiful card of the perfect relationship or marriage. And it can be about jobs as well as other people in our life. And I, I feel like you're getting to the place where people 
that are your soul family are, are, are beginning to show up. And we will pull a card to see what is one of your life lessons from the chakra cards. Uh, I surf on the waves of creation and creation and am always in my balance. Now these are affirmations that you say and they help to override the old belief with a higher vibration. The phrase is actually a vibration that lifts you. So what that's saying is you're, you're always in balance no matter what it looks like. Yeah. So you're saying then if you ask a question of your deck and you come up with a card, that card will have an affirmation. Yeah, that's that the affirmation. That solves what you're that looking That solves, yes. Yeah, that's brilliant. Instead of saying, like, if you pull a card and you're saying a situation at work and it says your boss is a jerk, instead of saying that, it gives you an affirmation that counteracts that. So it's the antidote, yeah. but it's a high-frequency antidote. Right. Personally, I always write uh, affirmations. These are perfect That's, for yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, and um, I'll remember in a minute what was the one, silent borders, what was that? Yours is, um, I understand and communicate my borders wordlessly. Silent. Yeah, wordless, interesting. Okay. Hi, caller, what's your name, please? Hi, it's Marilyn, I just Marilyn. would like to get a reading, hi. Hi. It's, it's Marilyn. I just wanted to get a reading tonight. Okay. Be okay. happy to. Thank you. How are you guys doing? Oh, doing, doing well. Good. Thank you. Yeah. Doing well. Oh, look at these cards. They're just hopping out. Like I watched Ghostbusters again the other day for the first time in decades and where the eggs hopped out onto yeah. the countertop. That's what the, look, the, the cards were Those doing. Those were kangaroo eggs, by the way. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Mexican jumping bean eggs. Okay. The first card, this is talking about things really shifting in your life and getting more in resonance with who you are because you're throwing away the old belief systems and the old things from the past. And sometimes it means people walk away, but sometimes it means everything gets to a higher vibration, which I think is good. And I, I feel you've done a lot of work with yourself, and that's a good thing. I tell you, the examined life is the life to live. I know sometimes it can seem like there's Oh, it's, it's whatever, but that's only at the very beginning. After that, it gets very exciting. And this is talking about just walking and keeping your mind focused on what makes you larger rather than what makes you smaller, and that whatever is perfect for you will show up. You can see this boulder or this um, rock there. He's not really worried about what's going to happen, and everything is just appearing right before him. And I feel like that's what's going on with you. Everything is always going to work out. And this Courage card says, take that leap of faith, reach out, and really touch um, the next thing. Like, take the chance, say the, the things, make that phone call, something maybe you have been putting off. It's far better to be in a state of choice. That's what we look for when we put hard, rigid boundaries. We're looking for choice. So let your choice be there no matter what your beliefs may be saying. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Marilyn. And we yeah. have another call. Yeah, hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, this is Nina. Nina. Hi, Nina. How are you? We're oh, calling from Texas. Oh, All hello. Right. We miss you very much. We miss you, too. It's so good to hear from you. Yeah, it's great to hear you on the computer. Aw. Um, Sounds just like us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim and I are mutate, transmutating like crazy here. Ah. So we were just wondering if you could give us a reading. I'd be most happy to. And I forgot to pull a chakra card from Marilyn, so remind me to do that after. Okay. Okay. Um, the first card we get is, is very much like that transmutating. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. 
Um, the transmutation, what you're talking about, really is creativity. It's art. It's taking something and making it into something else. You take a crayon and paper and make it into a painting or a, a painting, <laughs> a drawing. Well, this is saying um, that it's about creating what you wish. And so a lot of the energy that you put into your life are starting to, to show, uh, show up. That's also the card of motherhood and creating. And this idea of the head and the heart being in one place. I mean, you talk about that transmuting or transmutation. I really see that. It's often said that this is the best, quote unquote, card in the deck because it talks about being at one with yourself, your heart and your mind being in the same place. That's when everything starts manifesting. And so maybe some job situations and things that you hadn't been all that resonant with are starting to unfold and getting that way. And this card is one of longevity and having everything that you require for the long haul. And I, I think it, I really feel like maybe roots being put down and, and not necessarily in a, one location over another, but just those roots that transcend where we are. And so a lot of things coming forward. And I will pull a chakra affirmation for you too. And it's third eye, I see the truth within all things. Now can you imagine saying that? Uh, in our heads sometimes we think, oh, I, I'm always missing what's going on. There's so much I don't know. If you say, I see the truth within all things, and you say that daily, uh, everything will start making sense. It's, okay. There's a lot to the daily affirmation concept. And this is for Marilyn. It's throat chakra. Um, this is where you're hearing the true message. Instead of seeing the truth in all things, this is you're hearing what the message is in all situations. So the truth in, in what's happening, you're seeing it and in in hearing it in your heart. Even though it looks like something negative, it's really a positive thing. Okay, do Excellent. we have any other calls? Okay. No? No. Go oh, ahead. good. We're going to be at Ruby Tuesdays. Uh, oh, Ruby. Provided this is indeed Thursday night, um, the 4th of uh, October, I mm -hmm. believe. Uh, if it's anything other than that, we won't be there probably, mm -hmm. unless it happens to be another Thursday night. Uh, but do come join us. We have a good time and uh, mm -hmm. hang out and uh, just get to talk a little bit without it being uh, on the air. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, let me see, what else has been going on? We've had, uh, I've been doing paintings rather constantly Oh, yeah, these some very days. lovely ones. You'll have to bring some next week. Yeah, to show as everyone. soon as I get a little I'll more organized with them. Yeah. on the uh, web, too. Yeah, I just yeah, realized I have to start taking pictures of them again. Yeah, and there are lots of things to do on, on our website. There is a psychic development game you can play. I've got two decks of cards up, the Inner Wisdom cards and the Spirit Animal cards, which are two decks that I'm looking to get printed. Um, mm -hmm. I'm having some uh, resolution of the picture issue with the actual printing, but I'm working through that. But you can play with them online, and you can look at some of Neville's Flower of Life, and we'll get some of his newer ones, and you can New, look at all of paintings. his different books. Yeah. And, uh, there's just stuff up there that, and uh, you can listen to the bowls. I've got some meditations recorded. What else? There's a lot there. Yeah, tons of stuff. And we'll be doing the uh, tuning forks. Oh, and you can sign up for the mailing list. Yeah, evening salon of tuning forks coming up, things mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, where we uh, get another copper crystal device to amplify tuning forks. Mm -hmm. and so we have um, a lot going on. Yes, a lot. Yes. 
So come see us at Ruby Tuesdays tonight. Yeah. It's in Fairfax Circle right there uh, by Pickett Road and Route 50. Come on out and just have a cup yeah, of tea or something and just chat for a it's little your while. Life. We'll it. be there in about 20 minutes. Yeah. As soon as we so I join Honor to take you to the door. Thank you. 